Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Friday, February the 12th of 2021. We are excited about the Word of God, and we want to welcome you today. We want to welcome all our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from, uh, for as always, taking out of your time to uh, study and reflect on the Word of God and meditate on it. The Bible, that's what the psalmist would say, David, he says that he would meditate on the law of God day and night. And that is something that is so needed in such an hour like this, you know, as as those of us who love God and love his word, it becomes more than just reading it. But I think we have to get to the point where now we begin to meditate in the things that God is saying. So we are happy to be here. Uh, today, joining me in the panel is Brother Fernando, and uh, we're missing Brother Marty once again, but we look forward to having him uh, back with us soon, as they've been busy uh, setting up all the arrangements uh, for the celebration of life service for Brother Rocha Cone tomorrow. But uh, So be praying uh, that God will continually strengthen Sister Beulah, the Chacone family, and all of the Martinez family. But uh, Brother Fernando, we've been in uh, such a uh, journey in these last uh, few days where the Lord has had us in Matthew 4 in speaking about the temptations. And and yesterday we, we you spoke a little bit about the meaning of ascension and, and you spoke about uh, geographically where uh, he was at. And all of this is very symbolic, right? And it represents something that took place in the past, you know, as we always hammer on, he's always declaring the end from the beginning. In order to to know the end, we must know the beginning. And so I'm looking forward to what God has for us uh, today. And I know God always has some fresh manna for us. And so I'm excited. So, Brother Fernando, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study and discuss the Word of God together. Amen. Uh, Welcome to Friday's podcast. We're at the end of the week. And uh, as Pastor Jeremy said, we've been in a journey in the gospel of Matthew. And it seems like the Lord is just continuously pouring and pouring uh, and giving to us. So we're very thankful for that. We want to thank you for the continuous uh, prayers for the Chacon family and the Martinez family as they uh, are going through the situation. Uh, that they're in as that we spoke about in earlier podcasts. Uh, we thank you for, for the prayers. Um, I know many of you were, uh, who follow the ministry have been blessed by, uh, you know, the life of Brother Roy Chacon. And uh, we have that hope that one day we will see him, amen, in glory. And that day is coming yes. very, very soon, very, very soon. I believe that with all my heart. And uh, until then, we have work to do. And That's right. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there's nothing better that our brother would would have loved than for us to continue the course and preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead into the gospel of Matthew again, chapter four. Uh, we've yes. been studying the first four chapters for, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks almost, right? Almost two weeks. Um, yes. And the Lord has just been revealing so much to us, uh, even even as I've been studying these past few days. Um, you know, the scripture, 
it seems like the scripture just takes you everywhere from beginning to end and, and then it's declaring the same thing, right? As, as, as the scripture says, the, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ, it's the spirit of prophecy. And we, it, I think it's worth repeating, you know, yeah. <laughs> as ministers, you know, we think that, you know, repeating too much is, well, maybe, you know, we're, we're repeating way too much and, you know, it's overkill. But the truth of the matter is um, we need to continuously repeat these things in the ears of the, of the listeners That's and right. those who are listening. You know, so, so these things become solid in your heart, right, unshakable in your heart, because this is our inheritance. This is what the Lord is revealing to all of us, those who love him, the wise, right, as the Bible calls them, those of understanding, those who are seeking after God. So, I, again, you're going to hear a lot of that, uh, a lot of uh, repetition of things we've spoken about in the past, um, but that's part of teaching, right? It's it's continuously hammering these truths, right, and teaching these truths to the people, and so it, it, they can be built up in their most holy faith, right. So it's exciting times. We've been going back and forth, um, you know, all over the scripture, like I said, and 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 what we're intending to bring forth as the Holy Spirit has designed it and revealed it unto us. Uh, we 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 are studying the life and ministry of Jesus Christ at the very beginning of the opening of the New Testament, right? And and we're beginning beginning to see patterns. We're beginning to see uh, of movements. Uh, we're beginning to see foreshadows, right? And we, we, when we study the life and ministry of Jesus, we see that He is beginning to fulfill what was prefigured in Moses. And the Exodus, all right? The story of Moses in the Exodus is the salvation story of the Old Testament. It is what any Jew in the Old Testament would always bring back to memory, always remind their children. And, and really, if you were to ask them the question about their salvation experience, they would always talk about how the Lord led them out of Egypt, led their forefathers Egypt with a mighty strong hand on wings of eagles, and, they open, and he opened up the Red Sea, and they would tell you about how the, the, the generation that left Egypt murmured against God and rebelled against God, and they could not enter into the promised land. Even Moses could not enter because he's only a prefigure of Christ. Joshua, a type of Christ as well, he's the conquering Christ. He, he leads the people over Jordan. And of that generation, only, only two men crossed over, Joshua and Caleb. Again, all types and shadows of, of the end. Many are called, right? But few are chosen, right? Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. So we have to, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, take heed, right? We have to study the story of the Exodus. We have to understand how the Lord designed the life of Moses and the story of the Exodus to be a prefigure of Christ, but also to be an admonition, a warning to an end time generation to whom the ends of the world are come. It's so powerful if we can just understand that and understand how it is that we need to properly divide the scripture. The Bible tells us uh, in, in, in uh, Isaiah 46, Right, 
It says that he declares the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And from ancient times, he declares the things that are not yet done. And yesterday we went, we, I, the Lord was revealing some incredible things in the three temptations of Jesus Christ. Um, obviously, it is a fulfillment, right? Christ fulfilled in the wilderness what Israel couldn't do in the wilderness, and that is obey God. But Jesus Christ mm -hmm. triumphing over the temptation of the devil in the wilderness is the victory he won for us who will deal with Satan at the end of time in our wilderness experience, in our of hour of temptation. Revelation 3.10, he speaks to the church of Philadelphia, and he tells them that there's an hour of temptation coming to try the whole earth. Again, he's speaking to the church about an hour of temptation, and we spoke about it, how if you do a study of the word temptation in Revelations chapter 3, verse 10, in the word is, is the, the definition, really the understanding that that word is taking us back to this temptation in the wilderness. Right. Where Jesus overcame the devil. And the devil was trying to to tempt Jesus to work outside of the will of God. So it's so powerful. So it, it speaks at many levels, but we also get insight, almost like the Lord through these temptations, which is which is quite fascinating that the devil would tempt the Word Jesus Christ. But in doing so, in let me say let me say it this way. In the devil tempting Jesus Christ in the wilderness and taking him to three different locations or three different geographical locations in Israel, the devil, whether he realizes it or not, is giving us information about himself. Hmm. He is giving us information about his very character and nature. And we spoke about how each location, if you look at a, a, a map from Israel, uh, it first started in the Judean wilderness, right? And, and he, ter he tells Jesus, turn this, 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 this uh, stone into bread. And let's read it. Let's go ahead and read it. Um, verse 3, if you could read, Pastor Jeremy. Yes. And when the tempter came to, to verse 4. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. All right, that's the first temptation. That takes place in the wilderness because uh, verse 1 tells us that Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness, right? right. And if you look at the, uh, the map in Israel, the wilderness is towards the south of Israel. Then the next temptation, it tells us that he takes them to the pinnacle of the temple. You could read verse 5 there, please. Right. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. So again, in, in the geographical locations, 
we're literally seeing in, in, in the map from Israel, we're seeing an ascension. We're seeing the wilderness, the Judean wilderness, and then he ascends to Jerusalem, the pinnacle of the temple. And then the next location is really all the way up to the north of Israel, near the Golden Heights. Mm-hmm. And the highest point of all Israel is Mount Hermon. And Mount Hermon is, is a very interesting mountain. If, if we've studied um, concerning the history of Mount Hermon, it's where the book of uh, Enoch tells us that 200 uh, of God's sons, right, right, who are fallen and, and casted their lot in with, with Satan in the rebellion, 200 of, of these angels led by a ringleader called Azazel, um, made a vow to ultimately corrupt the generation in the days of Noah. And we read about that account and what these angels did, the sons of God did in the days of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. And let's go ahead and read about that, that, that third location, geographical location, in this ascension uh, of, of, of Satan taking Jesus through these temptations. Let's read it in verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Mm -hmm. So we see he takes him to an exceeding high mountain. And again, we said that the highest point is really the chiefest of, 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 of highest points. That's what the word literally means in the Greek, the word exceeding. Uh, the chiefest or highest point in all of Israel is Mount Hermon, and, and, it's, and it's next to Syria, north of Israel, and it's where the tribe of Dan went and and uh, uh, and dwelt, right? And we and we could read about yes. this in, in the book of, of Joshua and so forth and so on. Now, we we've spoken before and studied and studied that. The tribe of Dan is is omitted or it's not mentioned as as right. in the 144,000 in the Book of Revelation, 12,000 of each tribe, right? Uh, the Bible says that that the Lord seals 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each tribe. The tribe of Dan is not mentioned there. It's it right. is omitted, and 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 we believe and through the study of Scripture that the reason is because it is through this particular tribe, the tribe of Dan who migrated north, uh, uh, north of Israel and dwelt there, that this is, this is the tribe from which the Antichrist would come from, that the seed of Antichrist would come from, right? So in the ascension, in the locations, we are getting a revelation of the rebellion of Satan. Right. God has given us insight into this rebellion that predates mankind and this planet, which is incredible. Yes. I mean, the question is this. Why, you may say, why, why do you guys keep talking about the fall of Satan? Why, why do you guys keep talking about what took place before the foundation of the world? Well, the truth of the matter is, the Bible, the Bible is the one that is that is really uh, triggering within us the desire to seek these things out, right? We see a veiled revelation 
in, in the three temptations of Jesus Christ that ultimately uh, revealed to us the very character, attitude, like I said yesterday, the delusion of Satan, right, and what he is after. It is important to understand where sin originated yeah. so that we can understand the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We need to understand where sin originated, why it necessitated the Son of God becoming flesh to die on the cross, and what really was accomplished when he died on the cross and when he rose from the dead. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. But we need to fully understand and grasp what is at stake here, what is being reconciled. The truth of the matter is, this is just history repeating itself. What took place before the foundation of the world, this rebellion, is literally repeating itself on the earth. And and it has been repeating itself. We see a picture of that rebellion taking place in the garden. And then it enlarges itself. We see a rebellion in the wilderness in the days of Moses in the Exodus. And then we see the whole planet in the book of Revelation rebelling against God. Think about this for a moment. Your life, your body, is telling a story concerning this rebellion and the redemption and reconciling of all things. Well, how do you say that? Well, the book of Ecclesiastes says that God has placed, right? God has placed the universe, the cosmos, eternity, eternity, eternity in yes. man's heart. Yes. Right. The unfolding plan of God, the mystery of God, is being uh, declared by our very lives, right? We, in our own bodies and lives, we are declaring that rebellion. How how is that, brother? Well, before we got saved, we were in darkness, in the kingdom of darkness. We were hostile towards God. We were at, there was enmity between us and God. Right? But when we got saved through the blood of Jesus, when we received Jesus Christ, something supernaturally was happening in our lives. And we were transformed and changed, right? And we are being changed. We're not, but we're not in a state of perfection yet. There is still a struggle taking place between good and evil in our own body. There's vestiges of that rebellion that we have to subdue daily. To walk after the flesh is to walk after Satan, really. The flesh, the fallen nature, is literally the character and heart of the devil. That's the old man that we have to put to death. The new man that's after God, that walks after the spirit, is that seed of Christ. Within right. us, yes. who desires the things of God. So our very lives are telling the story of this war that is waging, or this, mm-hmm. this war that was waged that is raging within us. Right? 
And, and the Bible yeah. tells us that, that there's coming a day when we shall receive a new body. Mm-hmm. And this, this body that is sold under sin will be done away with. Yeah. He's given us the mystery of how he will accomplish what he's going to accomplish, how God will one day get rid of this tempter and of sin and of death. Hallelujah. So um, when, when we talk about when we talk about how we are in dimension of time and space, and we talk about eternity, the division of the two, we see the same thing in our very own lives. We see the division of 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 our fleshly earthly nature and our new heavenly nature. Right. The earthly fleshly nature will be done away with and will give way to a new expression, a new body. The same will happen to this planet. It will be done away with. Peter spoke about that 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 <laughs> the elements, right? They they, they, they will they will burn with fervent heat, an explosion of, of, of sorts, right, that will do away with this planet and give way to a new heavens and a new earth. Our very lives, our very bodies are speaking of the mystery of God. He has placed eternity in you. Think about that. The understanding of eternal things, he's placed it in you. He's just waiting for us to get to the point to where we begin to ask questions, the why questions, right? Why am I here? What is my purpose? It is only when we begin to consider and think in that nature, in that vein. And it is when God begins to speak to us, deep call it unto deep. How many of us, before we came to Jesus Christ, that's what began to happen. You begin to analyze life and, and the vanity and vexation of spirit that it was. But it ultimately led you to saying, my God, there has to be a God. Mm-hmm. There has to be something much more than this world. And there is. Yes, there is. There's eternity. There's hope in Jesus. Hallelujah. Right. This is hey, what's hey, being hey. declared. Sorry, Pastor. I, I really think it's very fascinating that we've been dealing with the uh, Matthew 4 with the temptation of Jesus Christ. This is more than just God displaying his knowledge of the word and wow, you know, he 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 was ever he was able to conquer temptation so we can't too. No. You know, you've been speaking about all of these uh, every Every temptation represents a geographical location, and every ge- and I believe every ge- ge- geographical uh, location represents a dimension that was tainted. And Absolutely. you know when you you know when you study, for example, the first one was the wilderness, right? If you look up uh, the word earth. Within the word, the meaning of the word earth, it means wilderness, geographical location, right? And then when he speaks about the pinnacle, so we know what happened in the Garden of Eden. We know God created this new world, right? He, you know, he, it was, it was dark, it was void, 
and he 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 created you know Adam and Eve, but what happened? Sin entered, as you spoke about yesterday. Sin already existed; it entered through Adam, right? First mm-hmm. dimension, the second dimension that was tainted. When he speaks about the temptation, about the pinnacle, that's exactly what Ezekiel. Uh, speaks about when he speaks in Ezekiel, right, 28, where he speaks that thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries, right? And and that it's a type of what we read about, you know, taking them to the pinnacle of, of the temple. And then we see the third temptation where he speaks about uh, where he is taken to a mountain, right? And that's the very place right. that Ezekiel speaks about when he talks about I will cast thee as a profane out of the mountain of God. So what this, what is, what it's teaching us, and, and I think it's very, and it goes with what we're saying, and what you're saying, brother, is that it's every dimension had to be cleansed because it was tainted. Yes. It's not just humanity. It's not just this place we call Earth, but every, every the cosmos, the heaven itself, were tainted by 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 the enemy by his rebellion by his insurrection right. and and i think that and as you said yesterday and you're saying right now we can look into our own lives and and we see a type and shadow of what we deal with right <laughs> this old flesh that's been yeah. contaminated and now we're trying to put on a new a newness of life right a divine nature and so it's just beautiful, all the parallels that we are beginning to see, because even in understanding this, we'll understand what we are fighting with internally, which is what you're talking about, Brother Fernando, is the struggle that we have internally. We cannot even understand that without understanding what? The fall of Satan. <laughs> right? Right. That's why we hopper on these things, because this is what's going to help you to understand what we battle individually and what the whole war is about in heaven. I just think it's fascinating, brother. And, and uh, you know, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, no, it's, it, that's correct. Look at the terminology that the Apostle Paul, now bringing it practically to our daily struggle between the flesh and the spirit, which is really telling the story of the rebellion that took place before the foundation of the world. Right, it's a picture, is is a microcosm of of the larger war uh, that has been wage, uh, waging for eternity. In in, in Romans seven twenty four, it says, "O wretched men," excuse me, uh, verse twenty three. But I see another law in my members. No, notice the terminology he uses: warring, a war against right. the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity. That's strong language. Yeah. That is very strong language. It speaks of a, of a war of, 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 of captives being taken, you know, and so, and so forth and so on, to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Right? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's talking about a war in his members, right? This is what we see manifest in our, itself in our bodies, this rebellion. Right. When we take up our cross daily, 
and to follow him and denying ourselves. What we're saying daily is, I'm not going to disobey him. I'm not going to rebel against his, his commands. I am not going to be like Satan, who was, uh, who was, who was in the ranks of the angelic host and drew a part of the third part of the angels with him, and they rebelled against God. You're basically saying, I'm not going to join in that. Now, are we perfect? Will we fall? Absolutely. We're in this flesh, right? But our heart's mm-hmm. desire, and God knows our heart. If it's ultimately to serve him, he will give us grace to fight on, to endure. Amen? So, so absolutely, the, the, the locations, the ascension, the, geogra- the geographical locations in which, uh, you know, Satan takes Jesus Christ, each location gives us insight in, into how the rebellion began and where it began. The first temptation um, it takes place in the wilderness, and Jesus tells or, or Satan tells Jesus to turn the, the stones into bread. Notice, you know, food, again, is the temptation. Wasn't that the same temptation in the Garden of Eden? Exactly. That's right. Food, right? Yeah. Now, so so the, the key is here, what is the wilderness a type of? What, what, what is it telling us? The first temptation was in the wilderness. What is hidden there? What is... What revelation is in there? What is God trying to tell us? Well, we can find the answer in Genesis chapter 1, and we did a, a lengthy study in, in uh, Genesis chapter 1, and you can go back to that podcast series. I don't remember the name of it, but it was uh, a, a few podcasts that we did on these teachings, and, and uh, I think they were fascinating, and it really opened up the, the word of God to fully understand the, uh, you know, things in, in big picture. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, I'll go ahead and read, Pastor. It says, in the beginning, right? And the word beginning, if you really study it, means means uh, order, a beginning of order or rank, right? Which, seems within, which indicates, and the word rank is used, that there are other beginnings. They're just in order or in rank. So when the Bible says in the beginning, it's not the ultimate and final beginning. It's, it is a beginning of many to come. I wouldn't say many, but of more to come. And yeah. that's found in the word beginning. So we have the first beginning, right? We know in the book mm-hmm. of Revelation there is a new heaven and a new earth coming. That's another beginning, right? right. But the first yeah, beginning... Right. The first beginning seems to indicate the first beginning of 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 earth seems to indicate that it was plunged into darkness. Think about that. We still haven't gotten into the Adam and Eve account in the garden where sin entered right. through 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 Adam into the world. So what beginning is the Bible speaking about here? Who was here before Adam and Eve? Right. Notice, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, the focus turns to the earth. 
because this is where sin originated. Now, remember, there hadn't been a division of time and space in eternity yet. So all things were eternal, including this planet in this particular time. Okay? It says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And that word face means, we, we've studied before, means literally a cherub. That's what it means, right? Cherub. A cherub. Yes. It's a death. So if we could read it correctly, it means and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the cherub of the deep. The cherub mm-hmm. of the deep now had mm-hmm. darkness in him. Think about that. And then the earth was plunged into darkness. And this is incredible because the word form in the Hebrew literally means wilderness. So the first location of the, the first temptation of Jesus Christ is in the wilderness. So it's given us insight into this ascension that we read about in Isaiah 14 concerning Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So we see that the earth where Satan or Lucifer was in, iniquity was found in him, right? Yes. And then he begins to make his ascension up to heaven, right? He's going to storm heaven in this rebellion now, which is quite fascinating, right? Um, I was thinking about that earlier today, and I was speaking to you, Pastor, of what we saw take place in Capitol Hill, right? The storming of the Capitol, they call it. Mm -hmm. And I find it quite fascinating because what we're seeing there is a picture of how Satan works. Right? We have to understand that what we saw there was not normal. I don't care what side you like. That's right. The whole system, both left and right, is corrupt and guided and controlled by the devil. Those were demon possessed people that went into that place, Mm -hmm. into the capital. But that is how Satan operates. He's trying to bring down this great country. He's trying to destroy the very values that we hold true and self-evident, that we are endowed by our creator. That's what he's after. Incredible, right? Yeah. So, so when he plunges the earth in, into a wilderness state of, of darkness, of, uh, of no form, and it's, and it's void, and, and darkness was upon the cherub of the deep, the face of the deep, and upon the face of the waters. This is where he makes his ascension, right? And the Bible seems to indicate that his ascension to heaven, right, his ascension to God's temple, because the book of Revelation tells us that God's, temp- that God's throne is in his temple. And that's the next location where where uh, um, uh, Satan takes Jesus Christ, the temple, the pinnacle of the temple. And what the Bible seems to be indicating is that when he plunged this world into darkness and it was void and without form, he ascended to heaven, and, and the Bible indicates that when he ascended to heaven in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, 
it would have been during a feast day or an appointed time where the angels of God gather around the throne of God. We know there is a day or an appointed time, as is declared in the book of Job, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, if we can go there quickly. Pastor Jeremy? Yes. Yes, Job 1, 6. Yeah. We know there are appointed times yes. when uh, the angels of God have to show up before God's throne. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Go ahead. Uh, keep reading. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Mm. We see the connection between Satan and the earth. You see that? It was on earth where he sinned. So now, so so we see that there are appointed times when the sons of God have to uh, go before the Lord. And that's what we see in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Let's go there quickly. Mm-hmm. So think about this. We're talking about the, the ascension and locations uh, that the Satan takes Jesus Christ to tempt him. And they're telling us a story of, the, of his fall and his nature. Yeah. And his pride, right? He started at the wilderness. He was here in heaven. And then he he makes an ascension, right? He makes an ascension at an appointed time or a feast day. Really, the word, we'll get into in a minute, the word, the mount of congregation, the word congregation means just that, a feast day. It means an appointed time or tent of meeting. They got to show up before God's throne in his temple in heaven. That, right? that word tent of meeting, we, we see it too in, in right with Moses, right? And they had mm-hmm. a tent of meeting where he would meet with God, where the people were Correct. to go to. All that, right. for, all that speaks of, 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 of spiritual okay. truths in heavenly places. The heavenly yes. tabernacle, sanctuary. Yes, amen. <clears throat> Uh, let's start from verse 12 there, if you can, please, Pastor. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the the height of the cloud, and I will be like the most high. Wow. So the earth is plunged into darkness. It becomes a wilderness. He has to be before God because there is an appointed time, a meeting time, where he calls upon all his sons to go before him, before his throne in his temple. And we know that the temple has three three uh, different sections, right? 
There's the, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy place. Same thing with the tabernacle. They have to show up before his throne. And and it says that he 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 now he has this idea, an insurrection thought, a rebellion thought of of literally storming the throne of God. Because wow. he says, I will be like the most high. Wow. He's about to wage war against God. He's going up to this appointed time before the throne of God where he has to show himself because that's what the word congregation means. You can look it up in the Hebrew. It's an appointed time, a feast day, a time where God's angels, the sons of God, gather before him just like we read in the in the book of Job when there was a day, right, when the sons of God were before God. But he's not satisfied with that status of being a son of God and being a servant of God. He desires a, a higher status that does not belong to him. He desires a status that's only been given to the son. And that's where he says, he says, I will sit also, notice, sit also upon the mount of the congregation. There's only one person who sits at the right hand of the Father. That's Jesus Christ. And we sit in with with in in with God in heavenly places in him. We do. <laughs> we have that privilege now. Right. Satan wanted that. He says, in the sides of the north, that's the next geographical location where where Lucifer takes Jesus Christ. Takes him uh, to the, 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 the highest point of Israel, an exceeding high mountain. And there he offers him the kingdoms of this world. Incredible. In remember essence, when... Um, mm-hmm. In essence, and I'll finish this, in essence, making, giving Jesus or, or um, telling Jesus, basically making him an offer saying, join me in this rebellion. But he had no idea that he was right. speaking to the one who he had rebelled against. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. The word of God. Go ahead, Pastor. Remember, I, I just forget who it was, but remember the time when Jesus was speaking about his death. And all of a sudden, the mother, the mother, one of the disciples said, you know, where, where are my children going to sit at, right? Who was that? Yes. Uh, whether at the left or the right, totally missed it. Being used of the devil, right? Right. You know, asking Jesus, who's going to sit at your right? Can can one of them sit here and the other one on your left? And Jesus said, that's not for me to decide. <laughs> but you got to drink out of this cup. But again, we see the enemy sticking his ugly head out, right? <laughs> and, and, and and trying to derive the the. The, the disciples from what the moment, what he was trying to tell them by posing this picture. And then they began to argue amongst themselves, right? Right. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know, when you read that when you read that, that story, that, that narrative, or um, it's completely out of context almost. Like that, that question comes yeah. out of nowhere. He's, he's over here talking about yeah. his suffering, and, the, and they're over here talking about who's going to sit, you know, with you. 
you know, who's going to sit at, you know, at your right hand or your left hand. And, and it's, it's satanic in nature, what they were coveting. Well, that's right? exactly it, because, <laughs> but Fernando, Brother Fernando, because the Bible says that when he asked her that, right, uh, Jesus said to her, you don't know what you are asking. Mm-hmm. Are you able to take the suffering that I'm about to take? In other words, and that's the same thing. Satan didn't know what he was asking. Yeah. He would have the same thing, right? He wasn't able. He, was he able to drink out of the cup? But you know, do with Jesus because that's what it was going to cost. His very right. life, and 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 so we see a satanic uh, <laughs> Satan, you know, rearing his ugly head using this mother, and Jesus, you know, in the midst of expressing this. Like you said, this question comes out of nowhere. Like, who's going to sit at at your right side and on your left side when you are king? And Jesus said, and Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking. Yeah, it's completely and, and, and off again, subject in what he was trying to teach yeah. them, and it just comes out of nowhere. And again, we see we see the influences of Satan even in his own disciples. That's right. As he was getting close to the cross, we see it in Peter. Satan has asked for you. Incredible, right? Yes. We have to guard our hearts, church. We have to guard our hearts. We need the word of God to wash us. Yeah. So that we can speak like Jesus, so that we can be like Jesus, so that we can combat the enemy like Jesus. His victory in this temptation is our victory now, but he's also given us clues and insights into our adversary, into his schemes, into his very nature. Jesus was going to humble himself, Satan, and become man. Satan wanted to exalt himself. That's really what this Christianity is all about. We either die to ourselves like Jesus did and humble ourselves, or we seek our own glory and become full of pride and ultimately lose our soul. Incredible, right? And and, 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 and I was reading earlier, you know, the book of Hebrews, and, and probably the book, the book of Hebrews is, the, you know, the, the greatest book concerning types and shadows, right? It, it, it gives us insight into the types and shadows of, of the Old Testament. And I want you to see how it starts off, the book of Hebrews. And again, it's a reference and a connecting book to everything that we're talking about in the chapters we're going to read in chapter 1. If we can go there quickly. Um, Hebrews chapter 1. Everything is by design by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He wants us to be aware of what took place in the beginning so we can know how to properly prepare ourselves at the end. Because what happened in the beginning, this rebellion that took place before the foundation of the world in heaven, it's coming to earth. It's going to be a global stage where Satan will deceive mankind. The Bible says that Satan is cast out of heaven into earth the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> you know, he's going to, to to have a mouth, the book of Revelation says. He's going to 
deceive the world. He had a he had a mouth through the serpent in the beginning, that old serpent, and he will have a mouth through a man at the end. In the beginning, it was just a, a, a crowd of two. At the end, it's going to be millions. Okay. Even the very elect will be deceived, if possible. Right. Look how the book of Hebrews starts off, and look where... Look at the, the 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 revelation that it gives us concerning this 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 rebellion. It takes us to the very beginning, and it tells us why Satan ascended to heaven, why he plunged this world into darkness and into a wilderness, why he 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 rebelled against God. The Lord here gives us the answer in Hebrews chapter one from the very onset. He, uh, the Holy Spirit, and we believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, begins to deal with the beginning of where this all started. Let's read. I'll go ahead and read it, Pastor. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past. He declares the end from the beginning. He spoke to us in sundry times and in diverse manners. He was always throughout the Old Testament giving us a piece of the puzzle that now makes up the whole picture and we understand the plan of God and we understand that that plan of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ as the book of Revelation says. It says, in sundry times and in diverse manners spoken in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, but notice, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. The revelation of the eternal unfolding plan of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It can only be found in him and revealed by him. He is the one that gives it unto his servant. Amen. Brother, Brother Fernando, can I also say yeah. something, too, about what you just read on uh, about sun-dried times? It, it, it's what you just yes. said. It, it means in many parts. In other words, Jesus did not give the revelation all at once. Right? right, but he gave yes. it in 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 parts. It's like a puzzle, right? <laughs> We're putting together, but it was designed that way, right? It was yes. designed that way, not to give it all at once, but to give it give this revelation in 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 various and many parts that we can see throughout the Bible. So I just wanted to uh, add to that. <clears throat> yeah, and, and he's spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world now understand this this is what ticked off the devil right to use modern day binocular or whatever <laughs> they say you know this is what got him mad because he wanted that that status mm. and and and, the, and that really in 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 the hebrew it really should read he had in these last days spoken to us by a particular son, right? God has many sons. He obviously has his be his only begotten son, which is Jesus. He also has the sons of God, which are his angels, and he also has us. We are his sons, right? But but he wanted to identify Jesus Christ. He wanted to single him out. He was basically saying he has spoken to all of his creation about one particular son 
and this son so happens to be the one who created the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, this, and the question is, you know, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, why does God need to tell us who Jesus is, his son? Why does he need to declare his status to the rest of his creation to set him apart? Like, he's basically telling the rest of his creation, he, he's not like you. <laughs> right. As a matter of fact, he is a co-creator. He co-shares with me. He, he has equal status to me. He is God. Because in verse 8 of Hebrews 1, that's exactly how he speaks to his son. Notice how God speaks to his son. But unto the son he has said, thy throne, O God. He calls his son God. He's speaking to himself. They're one and the same. It's forever and ever. <laughs> a scepter of righteousness, the scepter of thy kingdom. Why does God, the father, need, uh, need to declare to his creation who his son is? You know, you want to begin to think, well, if Jesus is God, why does why does he need, you know, others to know? Simple. The Godhead declares to the creation things that the creation does not know concerning them. Right. Concerning the counsel of the Godhead. Right? That's what the word yes. of God is. It is God's counsel declared. Right. It is God's proper order declared to all of humanity, to all of mankind, to all the universe, to all of his creation. God is declaring that his son is the head of all things. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. right? Hallelujah. And this is, this is what ticked the devil off. He wanted that seat that's right he wanted his throne to be instead right or to be like the most high go ahead pastor i think it's also interesting what jesus would say also brother fernando in john chapter 5 in verse 43 when he would say i come in my father's name and you receive not Another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. And I think that also has to do with it because he was warning us and foretelling us that there's going to be a, be careful, there's another one coming. And many will receive him. Yeah. You know, but the the word of God leaves itself not, not without a witness, you know. It, it, you know, he's warning us and telling us because also there's an imposter coming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's an imposter coming, and and he who 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 will declare to 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 take the throne, or that he he is he's not. The yeah. the son is the one. He is the creator. Hallelujah. The creator. He is the heir of all things. Whom also the one, the same one who made the world. Right. He was from the beginning, and the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. <laughs> And it is and that's the way the 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 world was created and formed by His Word. Hallelujah, right. Jesus, He's the Word. So I, I think it also has to do too because He's also warning us that there is an imposter coming. Right. I think and that's this is I the issue. 
<laughs> yeah, and this is the 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 issue with with you know what got Satan angry. It was it was about inheritance. It says he, he had in these last days spoken unto us by his or a son, a particular son, whom he had appointed heir of all things. What mm-hmm. Satan really wanted was the inheritance that God mm-hmm. the Father gave to his son. Oh, he wanted that inheritance. We and we see we see in type and shadow a beautiful picture in the story of Jacob. Jacob means a serpent or a deceiver. He he wanted the birthright was his, but he wanted to get it through deception. His father, uh, um, Isaac. Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the Bible kind of flip flops in calling him Jacob and Israel, right? That's Jacob. That's that fallen nature, that rebellious nature that's trying to get inheritance through through their own means. See, we see that in Jacob. It was ultimately his. Jacob deceives to get the inheritance. Israel receives the inheritance. Yes. Right? Jacob, the deceiver, deceives to get the inheritance. Right? I believe believe Isaac means prince of Israel, right? Isaac, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I I don't remember. Don't remember. I'll, 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 I'll confirm it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and Israel means uh, prince with God, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so that's what it, I mean. Yeah, Israel means prince, prince with God. You're right. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, Israel. Israel means, and, and, yeah. So we receive what we what the inheritance that God gave Jesus, right? Yes. When we join into the family through his precious blood, and we are redeemed. We receive those beautiful benefits of inheritance in Jesus Christ, right? So the devil wanted this inheritance. It says, by whom also he made the world. What What is that inheritance, right? He says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. That's who Jesus was. He was the express image of God. And upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You see that? That was the status that God gave his son. And, and when we speak about inheritance, we, we can't think about it how we do in the natural, you know, kind of a succession. And God goes away and, and you know, God is done being God. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God sharing he co-shares, he co-possesses, he has equal status with his son. Why? Because they are one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word of the father is called his son. Hallelujah. They are one and the same. God sent his word to this earth. Right, and the Bible says that his word does not return void. And Jesus came back to the Father. The word returned back to the Father. But this time he came back with sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And he's now seated through his exaltation and resurrection at the right hand of the Father. He is worthy. He is unique. He is God. He is the Son of God. 
His name is Jesus. Amen. And it says this, be noticed. Look at look at what the book of Hebrews says here. And we remember, we spoke about the rebellion of Lucifer, how the rebellion started in the ranks of, of the angels, of the angelic host. And it's, it's now all of a sudden this inheritance is given to his son. He's declaring to his creation, his heavenly host, the heavenly host, that Jesus is special. He has equal status with the Father. He is God. He is co-creator of all things. Jesus is the creator of everything. Him and the Father are one, right? And then he, he is, is, then the writer of Hebrews gives us insight into 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 a conversation God has with His angels. That Jesus is speaking here to His creation, and He's trying to let His creation know how superior and special His Son is in comparison to the rest of His creation. And it says, being made so much better than the angels. That's what he's saying. He's saying he's better than the angels. He's God. He's the son of God. It says, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Here God is speaking to his creation and saying, listen, I am setting things in order. I am identifying who is the head of all creation. Why? Why is he doing that? Because when Satan rebelled, that's what he challenged. It brought about a disorder. Things were, 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 were out of order when Satan rebelled. That's why Jesus on the cross, when he, when he, when he died and was buried and, and rose on the third day, and is seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, he is now, because of that, because of his exaltation, reconciling all things back into order. So when we read in Matthew 3, uh, at the close of Matthew 3, when Jesus comes out of the Jordan River and he's baptized, what is, what, is what, what is it that God says concerning his son? He says, he identifies him. This is yes. my beloved son, and who I am well pleased. He's letting the whole earth know that Jesus has come to this earth to make things right because he is the one who is worthy. He has the power. And he would go to the cross, be buried, and raised on the third day, and he would be granted that power to sit at the right hand of the Father. He's always had that status, but he came to this world to prove his love for us. Hallelujah. Right? And he's been given a more excellent name. Come on. It says, notice, verse 5, now he speaks to the angelic host. It's almost like he's talking to, to Lucifer and Satan himself. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, mm. thou art my son? Hallelujah. This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father. He says, I only said that about my son Jesus, not of any of the angels. And he shall be to me a son. Question, right? And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. 
That's the third temptation in the wilderness. What did Satan tell Jesus? You worship me. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world if you worship me. But God says, no, all the angels will worship Jesus, his son. Yes. What are angels? And of the angels, he said, that he gives them their proper uh, status. He says, and of the angels, he said, who make it his angel spirits and his ministers of flame of fire. They're ministering angels. What do we see in the wilderness? <laughs> Incredible. After the 40 days and 40 nights, we see Jesus being ministered unto by angels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The angels understood who he was, the angels of God. In essence, by they ministering unto Jesus, they were telling Lucifer, you missed it. You did not understand what the Father was declaring. He is the one. Hallelujah. He is the one. He is Lord. He is King of kings. He is the head of all things. He is the creator. He is God. My Lord. Incredible. I don't even know where to end here, brother. <laughs> but Jesus is the exalted one. Yes. He's been given yes. all the power on heaven and earth. He was granted that power by his heavenly father. Yes. Because he showed his love for you and for me. He reconciled us back to the father. Now we have peace with God. Yes. We're no longer at odds. We're no longer, you know, at war. We have peace. Yes. Through the precious blood. Of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> you know, uh, you said uh, when you were reading um, verse 5, for unto which of the angels sit. In other words, that 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 includes Satan. Correct. <laughs> you know, that, that included not just all the angels, that included Satan. Everybody put them on notice, reminding them there's only one heir to the throne. And it's almost like he did. He prevailed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. He prevailed. And notice, and notice, Pastor Jeremy, how the book of Hebrews opens up and takes us uh, into this, you know, conversation God has with his angelic host and, and setting the proper order, which was disturbed yeah. by Satan and his rebellion. It, it, it challenged that order. So things are not in order right now. Right? Yes. Now, when Jesus went to the cross and, and rose from the dead and, and was exalted, he got that power. He's bringing everything. It's been 2,000 years. He's bringing everything under subjection, under his authority. It's been a mop-up, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 kind of situation going on. He's cleaning up the mess. He has the power. And the scripture tells us that not all things are under his uh, under subjection yet, but they will be. There's still an ongoing war. 
yeah. right? The war has already been won, and we find ourselves in it. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us, right, to fight a good fight, to war a good warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness, and high places, and the rulers of darkness of this world. We are in a war. But we are in a war that's fixed. It's already won. It's only a matter of time. The book of Revelation tells us that Lucifer is, or Satan is cast into, these, into this earth because he knows he has but a short time. And the Bible declares at the end of the book that time shall be no more. The mystery of God will be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. And, you know, later in Hebrews, Brother Fernando, he would speak about really what, you know, why is there punishment coming, you know, for those who had trodden underfoot the Son of God, right? right. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a grave sin, and he puts everything in order in Hebrews chapter 1. And, it, yeah, it's almost like we're giving uh, an audience to God speaking to the heavenlies, right? To, to all the the that realm and, and we get an audience we, we get to hear what he says declaring it amen his son Jesus Christ is the rightful heir of this throne amen the victory as you said has already been won <laughs> now uh, it's just a matter of time where everything shall be completed, shall be put in order, it is already. As it is in heaven, it shall be done on earth. Amen. We pray that you've had a tremendous time with us in the Word of God and studying. And um, this is Friday. We're getting ready for the weekend. And um, just continue to uh, keep these things in your heart, meditate on them as the Lord will speak to you and and continue to pray for one another as we pray for you, pray for us. And uh, if the Lord permits, we'll be back here next week. And I know God has more to speak to us. Meanwhile, we pray the Lord bless you. And we pray the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up. Thank you.